Welcome to the Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, April 2nd, 2016. Very, very glad to have everybody here. Thank you so much for listening. Today we have a very, very special Sam Sports Podcast because we are going to be doing our very first baseball Sam Sports Podcast. Yes, that's right. I have a very special guest, which I would like to introduce to you right now. Very good man with a degree in history and political science from Drexel University, current U.S. history teacher at Cherry Hill High School East in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and a very, very long-time Philadelphia Phillies fan, also just happens to be my big brother, Tom Rosenberg. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm very, very excited to have you on the show, Tom. I, uh, I think you have a lot of thoughts about the Phillies, which uh, people would like to hear. Well, hopefully I can contribute something. <laughs> Listen, for someone who's been watching the team as long as you have, I think you certainly have a lot to contribute. Let me let me just kick this thing right off. Let's get into one of the biggest names on the Phillies, uh, at least for the last decade or so, still there now, but is now a little bit more of a point of controversy, which is Ryan Howard. So Ryan, Ryan Howard, Howard, our great, great first baseman, you know, I would venture to say maybe even a Hall of Fame player. Might even throw. Oh, absolutely! I think he's destined to get there. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, Um, but so right off the bat, I I guess I just want to say let's talk about him in the present tense. What happened to him? As as someone who's watched him as long as you have, what do you think was the shift that took him from an MVP player to this kind of strikeout machine that he's turned into and also this kind of guy that they're trying to shove off of the team. Do you have any thoughts on what might have caused all of these things that come about? You know, I do, Sam. If, if you take a look a couple of years ago, right around 2012, 2013, right around that season, mm-hmm. is kind of when it started to turn a little bit for Ryan Howard. I, I remember in the 2013 season, Ryan Howard missed the entire season, and he missed it because he tore his meniscus, mm. and he was out the entire season. And look, you know what? For a, for a guy by 2013, Ryan Howard, well, what? Ryan Howard came into the league in 2004, I believe. I believe so he's right. been in there for almost a decade. He suffered a, you know, he had a small injury, I think, on his, his Achilles heel. Back in 2012, he was on the 15-day disl. DL wasn't too bad, mm-hmm. but he missed the entire 2013 season. Mm-hmm. By that time, you've got two things. You've got, you know, when you tear your meniscus, that's nothing minor, especially not for a power hitter like Ryan Howard. Yeah, a lot of that power is coming from those legs and those knees. Absolutely. And he's always been a player when he's at the plate because he's a power hitter. He's always trying to pull the ball. Hmm. And, of course, you need your lower part of the body in order to do that. When he missed the entire season in 2013, I don't want to say that was kind of what did him in, but Hmm. it was definitely, in my opinion, it's a factor. Because then I think, and this isn't something that's unique to Ryan Howard or even baseball, but when you get players who start coming back from significant injuries, Mm -hmm. whether it's a torn meniscus with Ryan Howard or a pitcher who goes through Tommy John surgery, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to come back and fight through it. There's going to be physical pain. There's going to be a bit of a mental block. Mm -hmm. That, for me, is when I really started to notice the turn in Ryan Howard. Mm Wow. Wow. Wow, that's I, I don't know if I could have summed it up better. That's you really, really nailed it. You really nailed it. It's a uh, you know because we saw such a drastic shift. Because listen, this guy was one of the best hitters in baseball. 
I mean, hands down, he was an animal. This guy was just, he was a, you know, he was like a big poppy or a David Ortiz at the plate. You got scared when he, when he walked up there and you had a feeling he was probably going to knock it out of the park. And, you know, the Phillies were not, you know, stupid or unjustified in the contract they gave him. I mean, he deserved that contract when he got it. I think it's, uh, you know, you nailed it. I think it's a real tale of just uh, injuries taking a toll on this great, great player, this Hall of Fame player, as we started out by saying. Would you agree? Absolutely, I would agree. And it doesn't, I don't think it has anything to do with Ryan Howard getting lazy or getting anything like that. Mm -hmm. It happens with every player in every sport. They're going to get older. The older you get, you start to have health problems. Your physical ability diminishes a little bit. Mm -hmm. But you know, you also, if if you go back to when he first entered the league around 2004, think about this, Sam. He came in when we had this entire wave of stud players who Mm. were basically human mountains who are jacking balls out of the park. Right. And right around the time you've got Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, Giambi with the Yankees, they're all coming in. And McGuire had, Mark McGuire retired, I think in 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Ryan Howard comes right in. And actually, Sam, take a look. Ryan Howard comes in and he starts with the Phillies in 2004. You know who he replaced at first base? Hmm. Jim Tomey. Yeah. Who was the exact same type of player. Yep. He was a colossal mountain man. He was a home run hitter. He had an all-star career in Cleveland. He wound up in Philadelphia for the last couple years of his season. Mm-hmm. And then, look, Sam, there was a choice. Jim Tomey was getting older. And then you had Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard, who stands 6'4", who's weighing like 250, yeah. who can do exactly what Jim Tomey could have done, except he's younger. Yeah. So what do they do? They bring him in and they put him there. And then mm-hmm. he starts jacking the ball all over the place. He was a rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And plus, just like you alluded to, after the Phillies won the title in 08, they awarded him with a ridiculous contract. And it yeah. was not something that was unjust. It was no. something I believe he was entitled to. Mm-hmm. And he proved it. But after that is when things started to not unravel, but that's when he started to suffer some of the, some of the physical effects that happens when players get old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it certainly took its toll with him. Uh, some of these players, like uh, almost like an Adam Dunn, you know, these guys can sort of linger. You know, maybe Ryan Howard. I, I, I could totally believe or see him, you know, after this season with the Phillies being picked up by an American League team playing as a designated hitter and bouncing around year after year from team to team. I could see him being on the Mariners for a season. I could see him being on the Cleveland Indians for a season. Like, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I'd agree with it. Now, I don't know how long he's going to be in Philadelphia. I mean, this is the only organization he's ever played with. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in 2010, I think it was, he signed, you know, he signed a five-year, $125 million deal with the Colossal deal. Oh, it's a mountain of a deal. But what happened was nobody is going to pick him up for that kind of money. But you know what, Sam? You also need to take a look. This season, you've got about a dozen teams in the league, American and National League, who have brand new managers with very little, if any, professional managing experience. And a lot of them are in the American League. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You're right. They're going to look. And ultimately, I think Ryan Howard's going to depart Philadelphia. And he's at a point in his career where, you know what, his defense is not bad. I like his defense at first base. But ultimately, yeah, I think he's pretty well positioned to go into the AL and to just take on a DL spot. Now, 
he is also suffering from, look, you get Ryan Howard up there, he's usually going to do one of three things. He's going to strike out, hit a home run, or knock himself a double. That's about it. But <laughs> yeah. over the last couple of years, he's been you know, whiffing at the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he can, if he doesn't want to retire and he wants to linger around the league a bit more, do I think that he's going to wind up as an DL somewhere in the American League? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We'll have to just wait and see. But for the first four or five years of his career, he was unstoppable. Yeah. He was a home run champ. He was the MVP, rookie of the year. And he is still, even this spring in the games that you've been watching, mm-hmm. he's been doing pretty well. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, just to throw this in, Sam, the other thing that, that I think is not Ryan Howard's fault, but kind of took a toll was I didn't really like what Ruben Amaro was doing last year. Mm. If Ruben Amaro did not attempt to do anything subtle mm-hmm. when he was talking about trying to revamp the Phillies roster. Yeah. Ryan Howard's name was blatantly thrown out there in trade rumors. And yeah. listen, you know what? Then the press go and they say, Ryan, what do you think about this? Or I've heard this rumor. What's going on? You know what? That gets into your head. Yeah. You have to recoup from that. And yeah, that's what's, how hard. do you respond when you get asked again and again and again, what do you think of these trade rumors? Well, it's a good question. I think that Ryan Howard did it as well as any athlete. Well, you know, I'm going to focus on the game, and I just yep. want to get my hitting under whatever classy. he says. Pretty classy, all things considered. I agree, but I think the mistake was more on the part of the GM. You don't come out and just basically advertise that, look, we want to get rid of a big player with a huge contract who's had injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's going to want to pick that up? Yeah, it was really unappealing. If you're at, if you're throwing that out there in the way he did it to other managers out there, it's like, listen, he's overpaid and he's injured. Wow, you really made him. You really made a good sell for us. Well, exactly. But that was that's not an issue I have with Ryan Howard. I think anybody who has any kind of insight into baseball would be able to pick up on that. Yeah. But it, it's one thing to suspect it. It's another when your GM is kind of out there throwing it around. Yeah. Yeah. It's. it's but you know what? And, no, ahead, and one other. One other thing, Sam, and I'll just throw it in here real quick, is that if you take a look, now the Phillies aren't going to start their season off for, you know, another little while, but look, Ryan Howard is going to get some starts at first base, but he's also going to wind up sharing that time with Darren Ruff. Now, Darren Ruff, a nice player, Mm -hmm. but you know what, Sam? He's not as big. He's not as burly, and he's more agile than Ryan Howard, and I think that can tell you that you know what, the Phillies are starting to kind of take a shift. Mm-hmm. Just like other teams and other organizations mm-hmm. have moved away from these big players who are, you know, they're a real force to be reckoned with at the plate, mm-hmm. but now they're looking for players who are a little more diversified. And actually, I mean, Ryan Howard, if you take a look through what he's done in the spring, Sam, he's not really pulling the ball as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is hitting a couple home runs, but now he's not so much pulling the ball as it is that he's trying to just get it to drop somewhere in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's doing that in part to make sure that he can reduce strikeouts to get him on base percentage up, mm-hmm. but also because I think he realizes, even though it's friendly competition right now, he's going to wind up sharing time at first base with Darren Ruff. Yeah. And he's got to make himself a little bit more viable as, you know, okay, it's either, as you said before, he's either hitting a home run, hitting a double, or striking out. He needs to open up his game a little bit more and show some more on-base percentage. And, you know, Tom, this is a fascinating point because I think this is also talking around the discussion of where baseball is going. And you just said it. They're sort of, you know, moving to Darren Ruff, this guy who isn't a mountain man, 
is showing that maybe, would you agree that the league is shifting towards this smaller, more athletic player who can probably still hit, maybe get a few more home runs, probably a few less home runs, but taking into consideration a little bit more of these sports metrics as kind of, you know, this money ball perspective that has, uh, that has you know, become very popular over the last five, ten years. Do you think that, you know, this is a little bit of a sign of the Phillies doing the same thing and Ryan Howard trying to adjust his game to fit into that scheme? I do. I, I think it's slowly moving in that direction. And this is something that kind of went through, like, if you think back to the way that hockey was being played 15 years ago, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you had teams that were just bringing on not necessarily these smaller, quicker, more agile players. But you remember that 20 years ago, you know, you had a lot of hockey teams that had these large bruisers. Mm-hmm. And then the trend started in the NHL where they went smaller, they went more agile, they went faster. I think that that trend is coming about in baseball. You're starting to see it much more frequently in many different teams. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that Ryan Howard still has a lot to contribute, but you're right. You know what? He does need to adjust. He can't always pull the ball. It can't always be, you know, I'm going to strike out or hit it out of the park, which is why he's trying to adjust. And if you take a look at other teams around the league, even with some of these big players, uh, like Albert Pujols, for example, Mm -hmm. he is looking to do the same thing. You You are always going to have these large power hitters, but now it just can't be that, okay, look, you can put me at first base where I don't need to move anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to swing the bat and just drill the ball into another universe. That's not going to work anymore. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that trend slowly is coming about. And Ryan Howard has got to make the transition if he wants to remain a competitive person on the Phillies roster and in baseball. But it's a trend. What do you, uh, what do you think Ryan Howard's legacy on the Phillies will be? I mean, it seems like an obvious question, but just, you know, I mean, first gut reaction, do you think it's going to sort of have a little bit of a bad taste in the fans' mouths for the first couple of years, or, you know, will it still be a positive send-off and he will forever be loved in Philadelphia? I think he'll be forever loved in Philadelphia. I mean, he is one of, he is probably the only member of the Phillies roster from the 08 championship team. Well, not the only one, but one of the few who still remains in this city. And I think that Mm. the Philadelphia Phillies fans are always going to love him and revere him for who he is. Mm -hmm. But also, I mean, look, he's not a robot. He's not a perfect person. He's not a perfect player. You're never going to have somebody who's just, you know, do, do I think that he'll get into the Hall of Fame? Yes, I do. Okay. But I think that also, look, people are going to remember that, you know, they'll remember that he was the MVP. They'll remember that he was the rookie of the year, that he was the home run champ, not mm-hmm. once, but twice. Oof. But I think they're also going to remember that, look, the guy missed an entire season. I think his legacy in the league will be comparable to people like Frank Thomas mm-hmm. or, um, well, to an extent, at least in Philadelphia, like you know, Sammy Sosa. He doesn't have the controversy that was swirling around him with steroids. Yeah, thank goodness he was not – he didn't get sucked down into that quagmire of steroids. You know, he kind of – you said he sort of arrived after the Sammy Sosa, the Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Giambi. You mentioned all those names. All of those guys were sort of, you know, part of that steroid era in baseball. And Ryan Howard did kind of come out of that in the tail end. However, as far as everyone is concerned, I don't think he's ever been caught up in it or ever – you know, there's no evidence saying no, that he, he never did any of that. He never has. And I'll tell you another thing, Sam. Off the field, he is a class act, too. Yeah. 
Um, and that is something, and at least in the Philadelphia market, many people know when they've seen him interviewed on the news, when he speaks to reporters, he's articulate, he's nice, he's well-spoken. Yeah. I think he's going to make it into the Hall of Fame, Sam. I really do. But I think that he's always going to be beloved in Philadelphia. He's a member of the championship team. And um, ultimately, I think that baseball will remember him as a quality player. But mm -hmm. you know what? A guy who, like a lot of others, would wind up suffering a couple setbacks as he got a little bit older. And I think he'll probably finish out his career. I think it's very possible, like you said, as a DH for an American League team. But, you know, he's going to run out the course of his contract here. And then I think he'll probably wind up on another couple years, take on a DH position, and that'll be that. But he'll be forever loved. I think he will get into the Hall. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. I uh, I agree. I totally agree. I think uh, you know this is the story of many players. Uh, they do get to this spot in their career, and you know many of them kind of get into this scenario where you know they have a couple of couple of forgotten years just because you know time you know catches up with everyone. That is the one opponent that none of these players can beat. Oh, you are correct. I want to move to pitching right now, so. I don't think I'm talking out of turn when I say that the Phillies pitching has been something of a dumpster fire for the last couple of seasons. Um, I I'm not particularly impressed with what I'm seeing so far this season. Not that I've seen anything, but just the, you know, the rotation so far. Um, we're looking at Jeremy Hellickson. We're looking at Aaron Nola. We're looking at Charlie Morton. Clearly a couple of new faces. aside from Aaron Nola, you know, Hellickson and Morton are new faces. Um, is there anything about this pitching rotation that is giving you a feeling of optimism? I mean, I, listen, I'm, these guys aren't David Price. They're not Justin Verlander. I'm not like, oh, my God, we're getting, you know, an ace to, to stand on the mound. But, I mean, are any of these guys, do you feel ready to surprise us or maybe, you know, maybe starting out uh, a chunk of their – because, you know, sometimes it takes pitchers some time to really, you know, get into form. You know, maybe Jeremy Hellickson is going to – you know, come on strong the next couple of seasons. I don't know, but do you feel that there's any optimism for some of these pitchers that you see, or do you think this is going to be another one or two season signing to just kind of keep us going while we try to find a real ace who's going to be here for the long haul? Well, that's a good question. I, I think, well, first of all, our starting rotation, they're all right-handed pitchers. And the I, I am a little excited, I guess, to see Aaron Nola. He got his feet wet last season. You know, his ERA was just over four. He said in a recent interview, you know, that I saw on the TV that he was excited, that he's feeling good. I think there's always a reason to be cautiously optimistic. And honestly, Sam, and and it's not like we're talking about the Phillies from 2008, 2009, where we had Halliday and Hamels, and then Cliff Lee blessed us by coming back here. Oh my goodness! Now, if if we had a ro a roster like that, you know, I'd be dancing in the street. <laughs> I, I think that, and if any team had a pitching roster like that, they'd be dancing in the street. But yeah. to be honest, I think that with rare exception, most every team in the league. Pitching is the X factor. Yeah. And that's because you never know what it is that your pitchers are going to do. You, you get to see them for a few innings, a couple games a week in spring training. Yep. And then we're going to have to wait and see what they do. Mm -hmm. I am excited for Hellickson and for Nola. Um, Nola in particular, he's young. He, I personally didn't think that he was going to make a debut in the majors last year, but mm -hmm. he did, and he held his own. I think that that kind of got him – in a position where he knows what to experience. The fact that he says he feels good and that he has performed, well, 
pretty decently, in my opinion, this spring, gives me reason to be optimistic. But at the same time, we also have a bunch of people in our starting rotation that are a little unproven. Yeah. And we also are going to wind up, and this has been the case, just like you said, a bit of a dumpster fire. We have been trying out a lot of players yeah. in spring training, some of whom are going to make the rotation, others who have been sent back down. I mean, mm -hmm. the Phillies made a couple moves yesterday where they sent down one player, one one of their pitchers, I wasn't surprised about, another who I thought was going to be able to make the roster but is actually going to start in AAA. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm excited for Aaron Nola, but it's cautious optimism, Sam, it has to be. And yeah. honestly, for the, about the last four or five seasons, it has got to be cautious optimism with the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, it's been a rotating door. We had a... Uh... We had Aaron Harang last year. I think A.J. Burnett was here the year before. You know, A.J. Burnett essentially went from the Pirates to the Phillies back to the Pirates. I mean, and still showed up and managed to pick, like, what, eight or nine million dollars for that one season he was here. Pitchers' contracts are just monstrous. Monstrous. Well, they are. But then again, take a look at just how they can either contribute to or take away from the success of a team. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, 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 talk, I, I just talked uh, the other day. Uh, on on uh, my radio show from last week about how these contract uh, Cliff Lee's contract is monstrous, but uh, I mean you just said it. They affect and can have an effect on the game in such a powerful way that I mean it justifies paying these guys. And and to think that they make all this money and you know they still can only pitch like you know one or two games in a single week. Well, true. And it, it, the the one thing that I noticed is that the Phillies made a recent pickup of um, Andrew Bailey. They Ooh, brought yeah. in Andrew Bailey. He was, look, isn't he, he from New from, Jersey? Is he from Voorhees? I think he went to, I believe it was Paul the sixth, okay. which is in South Jersey, but yes. yeah, he's a, he's an area native. That's what I thought. But you know what? He Bailey comes in and he was with Oakland. And when he was yep. with Oakland, you know, look, he was a two time all-star. Yeah. He's coming in. There were rumors about him being the closer for the Phils. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the thing was is that they announced today that they're sending them down to AAA. And wow. one of the reasons why is because Mackinnon was just like, look, I like what he can do. He just needs to be more consistent. Yeah. And it, that's something, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, in a few minutes, but taking a look at where the Phillies and the organization want to be able to go, they are, and it's going to be frustrating for fans, they're taking a very patient approach. And with Bailey, who I thought was going to be a real contender for the closing position, being mm -hmm. sent down to AAA, mm -hmm. look, I think he understands it, but it's also a bit, I would suspect, a, maybe a little shot to his ego. I mean, the yeah. guy's been in the pros. He comes back to his home area playing for the team he watched growing up, and here he is in AAA Lehigh. So yeah. it, it's going to wind up being a bit of a shot for him. But Mackinnon was like, look, it's going to be a slow, patient procedure. He needs to get a little more consistent. And I can understand that. And so he sends him back down. Not the worst thing in the world. But then again, we sent, we didn't think that Nola was going to wind up making his way back up here last season, but he did. Yeah, yeah. And now the, the question is surrounding, okay, who's the Phillies' closer? Mm. And that is also going to be a question. Because they moved Giles to the Astros this offseason. Yep, they did. So, and Bailey was originally considered for the closer position. But now that he's gone, I mean, what I've been reading and hearing about is uh, David Hernandez. Know the name? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, look, we signed him for a one-year deal, $4 bucks. Mm-hmm. All right, look, the, the Phillies, 
obviously I'm not working in the front office. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but what I do know is that the guy had Tommy John surgery and he missed the entire 2014 season. Yeah. He comes back midway through last season and he only has 19 career saves. Career saves. Wow. Now, I mean, look, I'm, I want to be optimistic, but I'm a Phillies fan, Sam. Yeah. I've kind of been down, kind of been down the road before. <laughs> you know, so, but... You know what? While he's only had 19 saves, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. But you know what? The reason why I'm a little optimistic is because the guy's ERA this spring has been pretty decent. It's just over two, yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, I I think it. Well, I think I thought it was a bit of a gamble for the Bills to sign a guy to a deal coming off Tommy John surgery. You give him four million dollars, just holding on to him for a season, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Now, Mackinnon's got him in contention for the closer job. Yeah. If he's only had 19 saves, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. even if he stumbles, we've still got Bailey and AAA. And if he can, I don't know how quickly he's going to progress, if at all, but look, we'll see. Yeah. And I, I just really, uh, you know, it's exciting to think about Hernandez actually competing for it. But the Tommy John does give me pause. I, you know, I almost think of uh, – I don't think the ACL tear uh, is an injury that is super prevalent in baseball. It's certainly not as much as the Tommy John surgery. But in some ways, I almost see the ACL tear like in football or basketball, kind of like that that sports equivalent to the Tommy John. The Tommy John tends to hit a lot of pitchers. Um, it tends to take them out for an entire season. And then – the season, the next season where they come back and they're quote unquote healthy, there's usually clearly a recovery time as they get that muscle and that, you know, they recover from that surgery and get it back into playing condition. And sometimes that next season is is sort of a stunted growth moment. Like maybe Hernandez is going to be good this year, but he'll even he'll be even better the following year. But like you said, coming off that Tommy John surgery, you have some optimism, but this is the Phillies. You got to have cautious optimism. No, absolutely. You are 100% right. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, let's shift gears to the manager, Pete McInnes. All right. Now, so this, as of last season, when he, when he uh, took over the job for Ryan Sandberg after he resigned, um, you know, was, was labeled interim manager, um, you know, this would have been his third straight interim manager stint, uh, although now he's been, he's been formally given the title. They gave him a contract. Um, how do you feel about, like, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, what are your first reactions to him? Is this a lame duck hiring? Is this sort of a rebuilding hiring? Or do you think that, you know, Mackinnon can actually have some positive influence on the team, which is really going to bring about some more wins? Or is he a stepping stone for them to hire a bigger name manager in, say, three seasons? Honestly, Sam, I think it's absolutely everything you said. I think it all factors in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you a couple things that I think. Um, from what I have heard, Mackinnon is a leader in the clubhouse. I mean, he has to be. He's the mm-hmm. manager of the team. But I also believe that, look, he took over last year. And, and last season when Sein, or, um, Ryan Sandberg left, it was a bit of a train wreck. Mackinnon yeah. came over, and I think he did what he could to hold the team together. Yeah, the yeah. other thing is that, look, this is without question going to be a rebuilding season for the Phillies, and it's going to be a bit of a frustrating one for the fans. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Matt Klentak has been working really closely 
with Pete McKinnon. And mm-hmm. I think that that speaks a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are on the same page. I think that, um, you know what, is he a lame duck manager? I don't know if he's a lame duck manager. Okay. I think that this is an opportunity for him to try and prove what it is that he can do with either very young talent or up-and-coming talent and some really aging veterans. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a unique situation, Sam, in mm-hmm. many different teams throughout the entire league. Like I mentioned earlier, you've got close to a dozen managers out there in Los Angeles, in Seattle, for example, who are dealing with um, rosters that are very much the same. Yeah. Young yeah. talent, various phases of rebuilding. And I think the one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of optimism here is that Clentac and um, Mackinnon are working together and they yeah. seem to be on the same page. Yeah. It might not be on the page of the book where all the fans want us to be. We are mm-hmm. in a rebuilding phase, mm-hmm. but I think that they're moving forward in the same direction. And, you know, when when I first read a couple of weeks ago that Mackinnon was uh, given a contract extension. Sure. What it made me think about was a flashback to the mid to early 90s when we had Nick Leva as our manager mm-hmm. <laughs> and Nick Leva. And I think it was Lee Thompson who was the GM at the time. You know what? Lee Thompson signed Nick Leva and Nick Leva kind of had this almost Larry Boa mentality as a manager. Kind yeah. of, I don't want to say that he was a mean guy. I don't want to say he was nasty, but it was kind of just like tough love mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And after that contract got signed, you know what? Nick Leva quit or he was fired, I don't remember which, after 13 games into the season. And then they brought in Jim Fergosi, and he turned this entire team around. Wow. But I, one of the reasons that I think Nick Leva kind of fell apart was because I don't think that he and the GM were on the same page. I don't yeah. think that they were looking at what the team had the potential to do from the same perspective. Mm-hmm. I think the contact and Mackinnon are on the same page. I think that, look, Mackinnon understands that he is in a position where he might be able to prove himself does mm-hmm. he get a contract extension if the team does well sure it's a yeah. possibility but you never know but, but if the, t- I mean, if right the team now, loses it's, it's gonna be on him yeah i agree but it's cautious optimism i like the fact that the gm and the uh manager seem to be working pretty close together yeah that's that's something to be uh that's something to feel very very positive about um let's let's look a little bit of a bigger picture here um the phillies as as a whole Every aspect of the team, front office, on the field, infield, outfield, pitching, defense, offense, you name it. What's there to be excited about? What what about the Phillies going into this season do you say, you know what, I feel good about this right now. I like what they got going on. Is there anything that jumps out at you? You know, just who I have watched in some of the spring training games, I really like Michael Franco. Michael yeah. Franco. Um, I like him a lot. His bat has been on fire mm-hmm. this season. But you know what, Sam? And this is probably, I mean, look, I don't want to say it. And I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear it. But you know where the excitement really is? It's with the Reading Phils. Yeah. If you take a look, they have a lot of prospects down there. And mm-hmm. they are, it's a very patient approach. And I think that's what Clentac and Mackinnon are doing. I think that's one of the reasons that Bailey got sent down is because, look, Mackinnon is of the opinion that we need to kind of move slowly. We need to be a little patient. There's the possibility he's going to come up this year. We have a lot of prospects down there. Um, mm-hmm. J.P. Crawford is going to be starting in red. Yep, yep. 
It's the patient approach. We sent Bailey back down there. I think if we start to take a look at some of the accomplishments, and I do think they're going to be accomplishments that come out of Reading, mm-hmm. that's going to be something that's really going to be worthwhile. Now, again, do I know what's going to wind up going on you know, with our starting rotation? No. With the starting lineup? Have no idea. Yeah. What I do know is that we've got a lot of promise that's sitting down there in Reading, and if need be, just like we did with NOLA, it can come up. I yeah. really like Michael Franco. I like the acquisition that we made with Will Venable. I mean, he has mm. a lot of time. I think he was coming to us out of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know I'll, I'll take over. a look later. I'll confirm. But yeah, okay. keep going. But, you know, he came out, and when he signed on to the squad, I mean, Mackinnon sent him down. He played last night. I thought he played well, but Mackinnon sent him down. Reason being, Mackinnon said, look, he's an accomplished player, but I don't know what he has the potential to do as a member of this team. Mm. And I think that Venable, for example, understands that. And it's a matter of getting used to a new dichotomy, the chemistry of this organization. You send them down, give them a chance to prove themselves, and maybe they get to come back. And I also really like Herrera. Odubel Herrera, I I just, I liked him last year. I like what he's got the potential to do this year. He's not a power hitter, but he's fast. He's in center field. I think his defense is good. And I enjoy, I really just can't wait to watch more of him. I mean, it brings us back to that same discussion earlier about uh, where the league is shifting to. This exciting, athletic, defensive player who's quick on his feet, but yet I'm sure can still get some wood on the ball. Oh, yeah, he does. And, and Sam, it kind of goes back to, like, take a look. Ryan Howard and Darren Ruff, they're going to start sharing time at first base. Yeah. Um, Chooch, you know, Carlos Ruiz, he's mm-hmm. going to be splitting time with Rupp behind yep. the plate. Yep. You can see that trend that's kind of starting to move in that direction. And I think the Phillies are kind of moving in along that, that trend that's coming on. Are, are they going to have a power hitter on their team? Yeah, sure. We're going to have a couple, you know, Howard's still going to be around, but yeah. he's aging. I think the Phillies kind of see where the trend is going in baseball. I think you've got a lot of teams in the league that are going to be experimenting to a certain degree with mm-hmm. veteran power hitters, younger, faster players. Mm-hmm. And that's going to wind up bringing a lot of these teams to a place where they've never been before. And yeah. what I mean by that is never been in terms of, well, I didn't think that we were going to do this well. I didn't think that we would be suffering at this point in the league. It's going to be experimentation. Unfortunately, look, to be honest, I think the Phillies are probably going to wind up kind of losing more games this season than we win. Yeah, I but I right. also think that we are going to wind up having a better idea of where we will be come next season and also just like we did last year sam we can still bring up for example bailey we can bring up some of the others who are sitting down there waiting like um crawford like quinn Mm -hmm. um this new catching phenom nap that we have down there these are all guys who are kind of waiting in the wings Mm -hmm. and while I think, yeah, they're not quite ripe yet, they need a little more seasoning, a little more experience, I think that they're getting to the point where, look, if we're in a pinch, we can bring them up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, kind of get that sense of, I almost saw uh, one of um, one of the sports pundits talking about how, you know, this could almost be like a modeled after the Houston Astros. You know, you go a couple of seasons losing 100 games, but clearly you're fostering and, and gathering young prospects. You bring them up. And within a season or two, all of a sudden, you're back in the playoffs and in contention all over again. Yeah, you certainly can be. And I think that the Phillies are there. Now, I think we just need to continue 
to like foster the farm system that we have. Now, that's easier said than it is done because look, there's a lot going on. We don't know how these guys are going to perform. Mm -hmm. We don't know what injuries might be around the corner, but you have to just kind of keep your fingers crossed. And you also have to recognize the skill that we've got down there. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think that what we do have is something to really be excited about. Um, and I really like the way that Franco has been playing this spring. I liked what I saw in Bailey when he was on the mound. I would love to be able to see him as part of the starting roster, but yeah. at the same, at the same time, he isn't quite there yet. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to require patience. So when there's going to be some frustrations on the field this season, but kind of just need to make sure that I don't get myself too fired up and that we just understand that, look, we are rebuilding and that's always a bit of a frustration for folks, but look, the future is bright. Yeah. And I think as much as there is frustration with a losing season and multiple losing seasons in a row, this is a rebuild that does need to have patience. Uh, but I feel confident and I feel positive because we are further along in the rebuild than we were last season. I still oh, I felt agree. that last season, you know, they had to get rid of Chase Utley. They were still sort of ripping apart older pieces that they had to get rid of. You know, now. I feel like the Phillies are really moving forward in earnest with this sense of, okay, we're young, we're going to lose, let's let's take our time to groom these guys, get them ready for prime time, so we're not just throwing a prospect who isn't ready out there just because we need somebody out there because he's better than the guys we have. I think they're willing oh, to take a few lumps right now. Yeah, no, listen, I agree. And and I've got high hopes that the Phils are going to be able to put forth a, a truly entertaining season. I'm sure that there are going to be some peaks and there will be reason to be excited on the field this season over at Citizens Bank Park. But at the same time, I, I don't think anybody should be looking at the Phillies to go and just you know destroy their competition. Yeah. If they can have moderate success this year, that's something that I think is both acceptable and that I would be excited about. But at the same time, I'm going to be keeping an eye on what's going on in Reading. And at the same time, I'm going to be you know, keeping my fingers crossed that the guys that we have starting up there in our rotation that we've got out there on the field each and every day are going to be able to, well, put forth some some movement that will keep the Phillies as, well, contenders so that we're not the biggest joke of the league. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah, are we going to probably suffer more losses than wins? Yeah, it's a safe bet. But we are rebuilding. But at the same time, we've got a new GM. We have, for all practical purposes, a new manager. Yeah. We have two guys in the front office who are working well together. They seem to be on the same page. We have some younger players behind the plate at first base who are working with some veteran players. And we've got a farm system that is on the verge of passing up some pretty talented players who could be here later this season or at latest next season or two years out, but it's reason to stay cautiously optimistic. And, and it's, listen, it's for, for any team moving forward in a situation like this, it's really great to, to know that there isn't dysfunction happening in the front office, which I think, you know, with Ruben Amaro, it almost felt like, I don't know how positive everybody was feeling, uh, you know, in that front office for the Phillies. And now it really feels like, like you said, everyone's on the same page. They at least have a plan moving forward. Um, I, uh, can I ask you uh, one last question? One last question, yeah. Tom. Uh, last question before we let you go. Who's going to win the division? 
<laughs> oh, I don't. Oh my gosh, I'm not even sure. Um, I mean, did the know, the Mets didn't uh, did they win the division last year? Was I know they went to the series, but did, were they the wild card? I don't remember. Yes, were they? I think yes, they were. I believe they were. Because uh, I think the Nationals. You know won what? The honestly, division. Sam. I, honestly, Sam. It's looking like the Mets. It really pains me to say that. I know. It's. I was thinking the no, same it, thing. It, I don't want to say it, but I think it might be the Mets. If there's a nemesis that the Phillies have got, it's the Mets. And um, look, they're in pretty good shape. They had an excellent season last year. And yeah, they look to be contenders. Do I want them to be? No. No. But they probably will be. Yeah. No, that's that sounds about right. Um, Tom, this is uh, this this was fantastic. I, I I don't really have anything else. Is there anything else you want to yak about? Because uh, I'm I'm all set. Not that I need to yak about, buddy. You know, I've just I've been enjoying watching the Phillies, reading about them, and you know we got first game of the season is up against Cincinnati, and yep. then uh, you know we're gonna have the home opener. I'm looking for. I look forward to the start of baseball season every year. Sun stays out longer. The weather gets nice. I'm looking yep. forward to getting out to the park a few times. Win, lose, or draw. It's it, Yeah, do I want my Phillies to be a good squad? Hell yeah, I do. But um, you know what? I just don't know if they're going to be the contenders I want them to be, but I'm looking forward to baseball season. I want to get out at the park. And, um, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm excited yeah. for it. I, uh, you know, cautiously I was optimistic. <laughs> cautiously, that has got. I think that's going to be the 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 title of this episode is cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I, uh, you know, quick little nostalgic moment. I think I thought about the last time I went to a Phillies game, and I think it was with you. I think it was you and I going to a Marlins game. This must have been a long time ago. Um, but I was really racking my brains. I was like, when was the last time I really went to a game? And I think it was with you some time ago. Um, I think it might have actually been at the uh, at Veterans Stadium. I don't even know if I've been to Citizens Bank Park yet. Are you serious? Yeah, I know. It's a shame. I, I don't know if I can truly admit that because it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful park. I just uh, It is. It's a gorgeous park. But um, you know what? It, it's it's a very nice place. So the next time you're home, we're going to buy a couple cheap seats and just make our way out there. I, it's it's on. I think that's a wonderful idea. A wonderful idea, and I'm totally game for it, Tom. I would, uh, awesome. I would certainly love that. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, I'm going to close this up here. Is there anything you would like to plug? Is there anything uh, we should uh, push your Facebook page or anything like that? For all those aspiring teachers out there, there's a new website coming. It's called findersteachers.com. It's a great way for teachers looking for jobs to get paired up with districts looking to hire. It is free for school districts. So if you have a bunch of teachers out there listening to the podcast, Sam, tell them to keep an eye out for it. We're expecting it to launch probably in the next month or so. But um, it's a new way to help get vibrant young teachers into an awesome profession. So it's going to be coming around the corner. Okay. Findersteachers.com? Findersteachers.com. Findersteachers.com. That's right. We just said it three times. So hopefully it'll stick in your brain. And you know what? I'm going to be saying it again on upcoming podcasts. I'm just going to keep dropping it and dropping it and dropping it until everyone's like, what's findersteachers.com? I don't know, but you got to go click on it and check it out to make sure you know. You know what I'm talking about? I love it. All right. Um, thank you, Tom. I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to plug that. As also, I'm going to plug myself, listen to the podcast. You guys already know I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Sam Sports Podcast, or just Google it. I come up, I come up on Google now. Uh, and as always, listen to uh, my radio show Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on 610 a.m. in the Philadelphia area. If you're not in the Philadelphia area, you can listen to us online at 610amsports.com. Uh, I will be there every Saturday morning talking Philly sports. Um, loved having everyone listen today. And thank you very much to our very special guest, Tom Rosenberg. Tom, 
Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Sam. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take it easy. Bye-bye.